your conversion campaigns work better if you have attracted the right audience and you have built a relationship with them. Hey guys, today I'm talking to the founder of iSocialU, a data-driven social media agency based in Dallas, Texas. Um, Ali helps brands and small medium businesses create an engaging social presence and also to generate leads, sales, and revenue. He has worked with several major brands like Chevy, AA, Lexmark, GE, Lennox, many SMBs and startups. He is also a startup marketing advisor. Ali Mirza, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. Looking forward to it. Yep, I, I love um, how we got connected is we uh, are connected on LinkedIn. And I love all your content of helping small businesses or brands like grow their revenue and uh, sometimes talk about Instagram and about Facebook marketing. So uh, my, my first question to you is um, sometimes that I talk to other uh, guests on the show, is it an exciting time for small businesses? Um, just to give a context, because now with Facebook and social media, everyone is on a level playing field. Like you pay for the same advertising, whether you're a big brand or small brand. So what do you see uh, is, as an exciting time for small businesses? Absolutely. And I believe like 100% because things have changed, right? You know, so, you know, think about like a few years ago, TV and radio print was big. Mm-hmm. Then social media came. And I, I think in my opinion, when social media first came, like let's say, you know, a few years ago, everybody jumped on social media and everybody thought this is the new thing. This is the new way to get business and clients. But a lot of us were wrong because the way social media works, it's not a sales channel. We, all of the marketers and business owners, we looked at social media as a sales channel and we tried to sell stuff. But then we realized, hey, it's actually not a sales channel. It's actually a relationship channel. So people will only buy from you on social media if they know you, like you, and trust you, right? So I believe now we're kind of, this is a second wave of social media where businesses, everyone first jumped on and thought it's a sales channel, it's the next big thing. And then they were taken aback and they're like, no, there's, you know, we're on social, but people are not buying. So there's something that we're doing wrong. And now people are understanding it's more about relationships. It's more about, you know, helping people, educating people, And then if they know, like, and trust you, they will buy your products, right? So in my opinion, I agree with you 100%. I think social media kind of, it levels the playing ground for big brands and a small mom-to-pop shop. And anyone who kind of invests and understands uh, the the context of social media and invest their time into building relationships with their customers and target audience, they win. Great, great point, Ali. Great point. Uh, one of the things that I talk to my other guests about is a lot of businesses uh, treat social media, like you said, uh, as a sales channel, which we said, we call it, they want direct response out of <laughs> social media advertising. So I, I did a LinkedIn video recently that said, uh, you know, you should not forget about the content for an advertising. You know, you should build your brand first, then only do like your conversion ads. Um, <laughs> so what, what is your experience when it comes to that? Yeah. So a lot of times the, the mistake people make is when they think of advertising, especially like social advertising, Facebook ads or Instagram ads, they think of conversion, right? So they think of ads that are like, Hey, click and buy my shoes, click and buy my product. Right. Um, but it's only going to work or it's, it's going to work better 
actually, let me step back. And here's a, you know, there's an example that I use a lot. Do you drink coffee, by the way? Yes. You do, so you're drinking right now. Yeah. yeah. So if, if we go to Facebook today and uh, you and I, we saw an ad from, let's say, Starbucks. Starbucks is like a popular, I don't know if you're, it's in Malaysia or not. It is. It is. It's awesome. So, yeah. yeah. If we saw an ad from Facebook, we'll click on that ad and then we'll go enjoy that coffee, right? Yeah. But let's say we go to Facebook, we see an ad from Ali's coffee shop. Maybe it's a better coffee. Maybe yeah. we'll, we'll save more money, but we're never going to click on that ad because we, had, we don't have that relationship with this Ali's coffee shop like we have with uh, Facebook, uh, sorry, with Starbucks, right? So that's why the conversion campaigns, your conversion campaigns work better if you have attracted the right audience and you have built a relationship with them. And I, I usually tell people that think of social media and advertising in three steps. So I call it A, B, and C. So A is attract the right type of fans. B is build relationships with them. And then C is convert. Amazing. So uh, amazing point on the, the uh, relationship that Starbucks has built with its fans. Uh, but how do you propose uh, when it comes to a small business or a brand, how do they create uh, content that builds relationship? Excellent point, man. That's a really good question. And, you know, if you kind of forget social, uh, you know, for a second, I usually ask people, like, how do you build relationships with people off social? Like when social media did not exist, how did we build the relationships? And usually, you know, they... And I'm like, let's list down the things. So the thing that usually come up will be, hey, it's not one way, it's two way. Like if I want to build a relationship with you long term, uh, you know, I might do some research on you and see, okay, you like sports or, you know, music or other things. Then in my interaction with you, especially the first touch, it's not just going to be about business. It will be about other things that you like. So for the, that's the reason, um, that's how businesses can use content or build content in a way that builds relationship. So stepping back, don't just think about your business, your products, your features, your benefits. Think about your audience, what other interests they have that are relevant to your business and talk about those interests. And another mistake a lot of businesses make um, is when they think of marketing, they think about the logos, uh, their products, um, the features, the benefits. Instead of that, think about people. Think about like you as the founder. Mm -hmm. Think about your team. Think about your customer. And I always, uh, one example I like to give is, um, like think about people and video. So can you, the example could be, instead of our product video, can I get on a video and talk about my product? Can I have one of my team members talk about the product in, in the video content? Maybe we have few customers and they're really happy with our business. Can we ask them, can we bring them on? And this example, this is a perfect example, right? We're, we're human to human, uh, people to people. We're like talking kind of like, uh, you know, face to face. So humanize your brand. Don't just talk about your products and your services. Put the focus on your customers is how you build relationships uh good cool stuff um one of the ways um to build um a relationship with a brand um is through influencer marketing uh, yes. what are your tips and what's your experience with uh influencer marketing 
Actually, we talk a lot about this. It's a funny background story. I was on a Instagram panel yesterday, and we talked a lot about Instagram uh, influencer marketing. So a couple of things I would suggest is do your research. So when you want to pick influencers, not necessarily that you want influencers with big numbers. You want people who have real influence. So spend, yeah, there are a lot of tools. There are tools like Ninja Outreach, Captivate. They will show you like who has the, the most, uh, excuse me, fans and followers in any niche. But you want to spend some time and understand what type of influence they have. Right. So look at spend time, look at their, their content, let's say on Instagram and see what type of engagement they're getting, what type of questions they're getting. Are people really paying attention to, uh, you know, their content? So that's what I would say. Uh, it's easy to find influencers using tools, but it's, it's also easy to just miss that one step of making sure it's the right influencer and they have the right influence for your brand. Great stuff. Um, I um, I have also been marketing for um, a spa chain here in Malaysia, and one of my uh, strategies to look for influencers is I look for influencers because it's it was an established brand. I look mm-hmm. for influencers that are already loving the brand, who are already customers, and they have a large following. That's that's how I mine uh, the influencers. And and if I had one tip for influencer marketing, I would say. Uh, it would be, I call it influencer-generated content. Mm, so when you yes. get an influencer um, to to do a post for you or to do a video or even a vlog, that mm-hmm. can be very good content to build relationship when you repost it on yes. content for the brand. So any thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, it's such a good point because um, I talk to businesses and brands sometimes and, um, the, you know, they have their products out and sometimes they're established brands and they're thinking about influencer marketing and they don't realize that, Hey, there are people already out there. They're buying your products. They're talking about your products. If you do some research and maybe use some tools, you will actually find people who have influence and using your products. Yeah. Amazing. So you're, you're, that's a really, really good point and easily missed by brands and businesses that, Hey, when it comes to influencer marketing, you know, you don't have to always look for new influencers. There are people out there, they're already, you know, using your products. Yeah, it can can be as simple as uh, checking out who tagged your 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 yes. page on Instagram or asking your customer, Mister Mister, hey, do you know anyone famous who comes around here uh, and uh, uses our product? You know, that could be like very simple research that you can do to get like the best influences. And, yeah, yeah. and and my my experience as well when when I run um, Facebook advertising or anything else, uh, the in, the content with influencers generally perform better and it gives like a better uh, con- better engagement with the audience. So I think that that's yeah. Have you any similar experience? Yeah. Totally, totally agree. And it's funny that, that you say that. Um, I'm also um, I work with a lot of startups in in Dallas. Uh, one of the things I tell them is if they have budget and they're thinking about Facebook ads, I tell them, you know, instead of Facebook ads, uh, you know, if you can do some kind of influencer marketing, that's going to be much better ROI on your, you know, on your money spent. Uh, so yeah, totally, uh, totally agree with you on that. Yes. Great, great stuff. Um, so one of the hot topics uh, uh, around the globe is recently with Facebook advertising. 
Um, a recent re uh, report by Hootsuite uh, and VR Social, uh, based in Singapore, has a global digital snapshot that says that uh, Facebook ad interactions actually dropped in the last quarter. That means like the median was 10 ad interactions per month. It dropped to like eight uh, this quarter. And some people are saying it's because of the summer, people are out, so they don't have their phones. But th there can be a lot of speculation. But um, mm -hmm. what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's um, when I read reports like that, uh, I mean, it's good information, it's good data, but as a business owner or a marketer, what I say is step back. Mm -hmm. If the, the clicks on my campaigns have gone down by eight to 10%, I would be worried, right? But if overall, there could be so many other reasons that are beyond like our control, right? Uh, it could be that, you know, teams are spending or people are spending more time on Instagram. Instagram is coming up with a lot of cool features, stories, IGTV, other things, right? It may change when, uh, you know, we're back to school, the things may change. So there are things that are beyond your control and you can think about them and worry about them. But instead of that, I would say just focus on like you, your business, your campaign. So if your campaigns are performing worse than let's say last month, I would be worried, right? So look at the, try to look at the data and see, you know, why what has changed and how can you like get back on track. So obviously you want to be mindful of these reports you, cause you want to in, in, in long term, you want to make decisions based on the data from the industry. But uh, from day to day, I would say just focus on like stay in your lane. Great stuff. Great stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. Like focus on your own challenges and how you get to your own customers and don't, yeah. don't worry. Even, even if you break down this report, uh, I don't know about the U S but in Asia, there are some countries that increase in the engagement, like in Singapore, increase in Malaysia, the same. But there are some yeah. countries, some countries that decline, like Japan. So it's it's a global snapshot. So it's, it's taking yeah. into account everyone in the world. So yeah, and you know, one of the things that I um, I tell the the people that I coach or businesses that I work with, that everything works. So. There are people who get results from Facebook ads. Their Instagram marketing works. There are people who sell a lot of products from Instagram. Mm. LinkedIn works, right? SEO works, blogging works, YouTube marketing works. Everything works, but your question is not to pay attention to all of these. Your challenge or your question is, hey, among these things, what's going to work for me and my business? Yeah. So uh, that's why, that's the reason we can you know, talk about the, uh, the mega reports and numbers, but at the end of the day, yeah, there will be, maybe tomorrow we'll have another tool and they will attract traffic from uh, both Instagram and Facebook. And that, that tool becomes more famous. But if you know the rules, if you know the tactics, if you know how to apply the ABC kind of strategy, attract, build and convert strategy on Facebook, you can apply that to LinkedIn, apply that to the new tool that's getting popular. Great stuff. Like the, principles of using uh, tools like building engagement, uh, getting uh, good content and getting the best targeting. It works across uh, most platforms. Um, yes. And as a, as, like you said, um, you choose the channel that is right for your brand. And this goes to the question about budget resource. When, when, uh, when a lot of people call themselves like growth marketers, it's because mm -hmm. they choose the best channel based on their budget and resources to grow the mm -hmm. brand. So what are the, some of the strategies, things that you look at when you choose like the channel to grow a mm -hmm. brand? 
So obviously you're exactly right because a lot of brands, especially in the beginning, especially in the startups, they have limited budget and resources, right? Yeah. So I say like pick the channel that you feel is easy for you and then you, that you can go deep in easily. So the example is, let's say I come to you know, me uh, and say, I want to build a personal brand. So if you want to build a personal brand, you have to create content, right? Yeah. So if creating video is easy for me, then I'm going to be successful on YouTube and let's say Instagram, like naturally. Right. But if creating video is not easy for me, but you know, as compared to creating video, writing blog content is easy, then, you know, SEO and blogging and content marketing would be better for me. Right. So I say like, do the thing, especially in the beginning, do the things that are easy for you and are hard for you to quit in the long run. So going back to your question, that's what I would say. Like if you want to grow a brand, look at all the channels and you know, one easy thing kind of hack or a tactic is if you're not sure which channel you should be on, look at your competition. So look at all of their channels and see where they're getting most questions. So that tells me that's a signal to me that the, the, the audience, their audience on that channel care and is engaging with them in, in a way that they need help. So pick that channel as a, you know, if everything else is constant, but obviously my advice always is pick less channels in the beginning and go like deep in and pick the channels that are easy for you to execute on. Great, great stuff. I, I love that advice. Um, before, before this recording, I, I give you an example where my barber shop uh, mm -hmm. asked me for advice and he said, Oh, Bob, do you do Facebook ads? And I, I sort of gave him the advice. If you have like a limited budget, um, I would, uh, advertise on Instagram because that there, there is still community building, uh, happening on Instagram because there is a great, still a good number of organic reach when it comes to stories and posting. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, what, what sort of clients do you normally have small businesses or like medium sized brands? Actually, I have like both ends. I have um, some mega brands and what we do for yeah. them is manage their like advertising. Yeah. Uh, but then I also have some startups and small brands like, you know, like you said, barbershop. We work with a lot of like local uh, TV stores, electronic stores, furniture stores, so local businesses, right? Um, so that's the, our client range is sort of like on both ends of spectrum. Yeah. So, so uh, what are the tips uh, would you give like to a small business like a barbershop in terms of advertising and uh, how do they build an audience on Instagram per se? Yeah, and you know, you're, you're exactly right and here's why. So barbershop, right? So they have people coming in, getting haircut, right? So if, if 10 people come in or came in in a day, out of those 10, you know, let's say six or seven are going to like their product or service. Right. So it's a very, I say it's a very visual product and service, you know, yeah. uh, running a barbershop. Imagine those five or six people that are really happy with the, uh, you know, with your stuff, you get them, you capture their stories and then you share them on a visual platform, which like you said, is Instagram, you know, among like other platforms. So that's exactly what I would for, for a business like that. Capture stories of your customers going wow. through your products or services and then share on a visual platform and perfect right now at this moment in 2018 is Instagram. Yeah. Amazing. And that's the, you know, naturally, you know, a couple of other tactics, you know, people, you don't, you don't just want to focus on, 
you know, your product and service. So what I, the example I give, I mean, get focused. So example I gave is in my talk. So this is your business, right? So here's people before your business and here's people after your business. So talk about like before and after. And one example could be, let's say if I'm running a barbershop and you came for haircut, right? So I might, I'll do the haircut and I could ask you, Hey, you know, how was your experience? And you might say, you know, good or bad. That's like a testimonial. But imagine I ask you, Hey Bob, why are you getting a haircut? And you might tell me, Hey Ali, I just, just met this person and we're going to go on a date and I'm getting ready for a date. So how cool that story is, right? So before the reason you came to the barbershop is because there's an event happening in your personal life and you want to get ready for it. So those are the kind of like emotional stories. So businesses don't just focus on what you do, your product and service, focus on what people are thinking before, just before getting your product and service and also just afterwards. And you know, you know imagine an Instagram account of a barbershop where it's all, the feed is all pictures of different people sharing the stories of, you know, why they're getting a, I'm getting ready for the new job. You know, there's a wedding coming up in my family. I'm going on a date. There are different reasons why I'm getting ready for the, the, the family weekend. That's why I came in and got a haircut. So capture like those, you know, it's all about like, you know, capturing stories. Um, and then for that reason, Instagram ads will be more effective than let's say, you know, Facebook ads. Amazing stuff. Uh, like advertising and content go hand in hand and I uh, perfectly love that. Perfectly yeah. love one thing. Tip. Yeah. Yeah. I, one thing I would add, add is, you know, we were talking about uh, organic reach and obviously organic reach on Facebook is probably the lowest, you know, Instagram, you could, you still can, uh, if you're using Instagram stories, make sure you use the, well, we were talking about this, you know, make sure you use the location tag and hashtags. One other tactic that I've been using recently, actually for me too, on Instagram and actually uh, I advise to businesses too, produce content for one person. So what that means is, um, in my case, the example is uh, a lot of my Instagram content is a question from one of my students. So what I do is turn that question into my, and actually a lot of my LinkedIn content is also, you probably saw hashtag ask Ali. Yeah. So in most cases, it's a question that my student asked me and I answer that question, but then I also turn it into content. Because if my assumption is if one person has that question, then there are other people who might have that, the same question, right? So yeah. in the case of barbershop, your one post, one video, it's for that one person. Yeah. So in your one piece of content, focus on that one person because what will happen is you'll at least have one fan. Yeah. And that person will share, tag, like, and tell everyone about that piece of content because he got mentioned, he got featured, he, you know, you made him look good. Amazing, amazing. Right. I, I love your tip because it sort of reminds me of the famous Facebook uh, page called the Humans of New York. So yes. basically they document all the stories. So like I would, that's the tip I didn't tell my barber. I didn't tell him. <laughs> He's still posting posts on haircuts and discounts and whatever. But uh, another, another tip personally just to share with you that I gave him, I call it hand combat. Mm -hmm. So that's it. Go to the location tag of your, your neighborhood. Like people post. Yeah. Like and engage with people post. And people might look at your Instagram page. Hey, I need a haircut today. I just come by. And look mm -hmm. at if, if like certain posts in the neighborhood have like has a guy that has 20,000 followers. Get him a free haircut and like get the neighborhood talking about it. So I, I call it hand combat. I say go into your neighborhood, tag, yeah. engage, 
um, look for influencers and people will start coming to 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 your uh, barbershop. That's 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 the advice that I gave you. That's a really good tip. Yeah, that's a really good tip. Yeah, your advice is uh, amazing as well. I, I actually did that. So just a story I want to share. Uh, my mm-hmm. sister used to run a flower arranging, a flower a flower business. Like she mm-hmm. that's like flowers for Valentine's Day. So one mm-hmm. one thing I did for her when I took over the Instagram page, I went to the all all the romantic restaurants in Kuala Lumpur, mm. Malaysia and liked mm. and gave a love to all the couple photos, all the mm. guys or girls photos. And I got her like many, many sales because they looked at, oh, who liked my photo, who commented and they, they came and it's like a flower page and they made the flowering order like before Valentine's. Yeah. That's, it's things like that, that um, sometimes small businesses compared to large brands are able to do because yes. when it comes to a small business, it, it's always uh, the entrepreneur or yeah. the staff that's running the Instagram page, where if you like a big brand, um, mm-hmm. a big multinational corporation, you might not be able to give that level of engagement. Um, mm-hmm. And um, any, any advice, like I've seen uh, a lot of big corporations on Instagram or even Facebook, they, uh, I, I use a harsh word, I say they sort of don't have a soul. They sort of just pushing out content. <laughs> but yeah. they, I, I sometimes, uh, would like to see them believe more, more behave more like a small medium enterprise. Yeah, and, and you're right. I think they because you know they got big over time. Um, they have products, they have revenue, they have sales. So, and sometimes it's tough for them um, to kind of like you know play small and yeah. actually you know uh, go and actually talk to the real consumers on reply to comments or reply to DMs or Instagram. But you know I think they're gonna be they can do it now with the right tactics and strategy and by choice. In my opinion, in a few years from now, they will be forced to do it because people will be, the people like millennials and our, you know, our generation and generation after us, we like doing business with, you know, people that we can really relate to people that we really, you know, we can associate people that we feel like we're connected to them, right? The, The know, like, and trust factor. So another thing is, you know, brands, in my opinion, uh, they're very soon they're going to realize the best way to, because, you know, Google ads are expensive. Facebook ads are getting expensive. Uh, you know, Instagram ads will be expensive soon. You know, organic reach on Instagram will go down. Organic reach on LinkedIn will go down, right? It's all coming. But one thing that businesses will realize the best way, especially the mega brands, the best way to sell their product and services is actually through their employees. Amazing. through their team because imagine if you have a mega brand you have you know 100,000 employees imagine how many people they're connected to yeah right so brands are going to realize that the employee advocacy that's the word for it it's the they're going to take it seriously and they will have to invest into or think about how to actually spend time and reply to people and have like you said you know have actual soul not just think about the, 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 the big releases and launches and big products and revenues, but also, you know, if you're getting questions on Instagram, how can we answer these appropriately and in time? Yeah. And with, with real engagement, like not just like, yeah. With the real yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I want to ask you personally, because one of the services that you offer for iSocialU uh, is social media management. Um, mm-hmm. I, I also do this in Asia. Uh, mm-hmm. But one of the struggles I find is creating content 
on ground. So I have like clients who have physical stores and mm -hmm. I can't be there all the time. So my solution is I actually chain up the staff to create the content and I will, I'm the one who um, disseminates the content and post it and make it interactive and things like that. Uh, mm -hmm. But what's, what's your strategy when it comes to that? Because as an agency or as a marketer, you, uh, at a certain point of time, you can't be totally in charge of the content creation. Yes, yes, absolutely. So the, the process that we have is, is fairly similar. Most of the, the smaller businesses or the startups, they need help with the content creation because they, mm. they need help with the strategy, they need help with the ads, basically everything, right? So what we end up doing with them is we, I work closely in the, in the early stage to, to create the strategy. What's the business? Why do people care about this business? What type of content will resonate? How is the, is the founder face of the business? If not, how can we make the founder the face of the business. A lot of local businesses and startups, that's the case. If the founder has a good personal brand, then you know, they, that's good for the business. Uh, actually, that's true for mega brands too. Uh, so what we end up doing is, I tell them we're gonna we charge separate. So there is a, like a fee, let's say X for management of social media, management of content. There's another fee, let's say Y, where we're gonna help them create content. So in some cases it looks like, hey, we need two hours of your time every week or let's say every month. And in those two hours, he has become prepared for this. And we do some research on our end and come up with different topics, uh, come up with different like video ideas, uh, come up with different type of images we want to, and if it's a restaurant we're working with, we tell them, hey, next Friday from, you know, let's say three to five, you're slow. So we want to be back in the kitchen and really capture the way you're cooking stuff. We also want to talk to your chef and kind of like capture, you know, his or her story, you know, what's unique about that person. So we kind of plan it the way, you know, I, I envision it is we plan it, we schedule time, and then we go and we co-create the content. But my goal always is that we do it in a way that we also teach the business owner. Because yeah. I want the, the businesses, because I want the, the founders and CEOs to think of themselves, not just the business owner, but also the, the, the content sort of designer or content like creator for that business. Right? They may not actually create the, uh, you know, the right actual blog post, but I want them to think about, hey, if I'm in this business meeting, then is there a, an opportunity to create content? based on the things that I'm, you know, working with. So uh, my goal is always, yes, to answer, you know, coming back to your question, we manage their social media, we help them or we co-create content for them. We pre-plan it um, and then we schedule time to make it happen. But with the goal of, hey, can we train their team so they start doing this on their own? And a funny story is as uh, one mid-sized company, they're not small, I think they have like 500 employees in Dallas, so their CEO, he really liked this process. And now what he does is he, he speaks a lot, right? So he, go, he does a lot of like keynotes. He also goes to a lot of different conferences. So I'll get a text from him and, uh, you know, he'll tell me, hey, Ali, I'm speaking on servant leadership at this conference. And I hear three things I learned. What do you think of these? And I'll tell him, hey, it's great. Just write them down and we'll, we'll convert it into like a blog post. So yeah. naturally he's already thinking about as he is doing his business, right? He's thinking about different content opportunities. 
Great stuff, great stuff. Yeah. Uh, my, my challenge um, is, um, I, while, while I do most of the content creation, um, mm -hmm. I, try, I start by asking them to take Instagram stories. Because mm -hmm. that, that one doesn't have like a high quality control. I train mm -hmm. them by saying, okay, you start by taking Instagram stories of your customers and showing like you're opening the shop and mm -hmm. that it creates a story for your customers. So I, I start from there and I hopefully, hopefully they get to the level where you said um, of the, of the uh, CEO of that, uh, that gives talks and amazing stuff. And it just gets uh, into the mindset of creating content, you know, whatever business, whether you're a personal brand or whether you're on LinkedIn or wherever, creating content is um, an absolute uh, necessity in today's age, uh, no matter what business you're in. Yeah. And, you, you know, I, I would kind of like, you know, um, I totally agree with you. It's, it is a challenge. It's not a lot of time people think that creating content is easy. Actually, there's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of planning and people like you and I, you know, thinking on behalf of businesses. Right. So it is a challenge. And ideally, you know, the, the, the things that I look for, or I try to do, can that owner, let's say if it's a small business, can he start thinking about content? If not, do they have a team member? who's more, you know, into like, you know, making videos or more comfortable getting speaking on the camera, can they do it? So I'm always looking for what are different ways. And then I also look for, hey, obviously, you know, video is king, you know, you and I know that. But when I talk to the business owners and I realize, hey, video is going to be really hard for them to do, then I look at, hey, what's easy for you to do? Can we shift our strategy based on that, right? Can we yeah. create a strategy that supports your strengths? Yeah. Um, one, one of the strategies I used, um, this was when I, I was working in a corporate environment, is mm -hmm. I got like a video team to do like a corporate video. You know, like every organization has a corporate video. And mm -hmm. it's, it's up to the marketer uh, to create micro content from the corporate video. Yes. So I had a full corporate video that talks about the different services, the staff, the products. Mm -hmm and the environment. So when I, the, 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 the owner of the business did not create any video content, the staff did not, but what I did just as placeholder to create content by cutting out and editing the small portions of micro content from big video. That's how mm -hmm. I, I call it like creating video without, like, without breaking a sweat. There are numerous ways a small business could do it. You could do it from a blog post with Zoom and Five, mm -hmm. you can do a lot of things. Uh, that, that's one way I normally do it with businesses who can't create video content. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because, you know, if you have one long form blog post or a video, you can slice it and, you know, you can create like micro content and repurpose it, right? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It works very, works very well with advertising as well. Um, yeah. And um, iSocialU has been uh, around for five years. Uh, this is more a personal question for me because my journey, I just started out consulting uh, mm -hmm. as an independent about two months ago. Um, how did you grow um, your business for the past five years? So, yeah, really good question. And I'll try to give you like, uh, you know, step by step. Uh, <laughs> you know, one, when, when people ask this question and kind of like default answer, or a lot of people give this answer is, hey, focus or niche down, right? But to be, to be or like pick your niche, do you, you want to work with small businesses, mega brands, restaurants, right? But to be honest with you, that did not work for me. What I did when I, I launched iSocialU, 
the first few clients, like three to five, I said yes to everything. Like anyone who wanted to work, whether it was a small business, mega business, you know, a personal brand, I said yes, because I didn't have any clients. I was learning about the business. I was learning how to work with people. I was also learning the, the stuff, the social media, the ads and everything, right? So the, the, I call it like two phases. In the first phase, I said yes to everything. So I got clients. But in the second, once I had some income coming in and I was doing, I was also doing SEO. I was also helping them with creating content. I was, uh, I was also uh, posting stuff for them. Then I was also like creating ads for them, everything. But then I stepped back. And then I was like, out of like everything, what do I like doing the most? And also, what is the thing that people are confused about the most? Because that's where they, they'll need the more help or you know, they will be willing to pay more. So after that, kind of thinking over it for a while, then I realized, hey, I, I love social. I love paid social. I love the strategy. I love you know, helping people. I, and I said, you know, we do two things. One is we help businesses create engaging audience on social. And then two is in the process of creating that audience, we help them generate leads. So not just the audience, but how do you take, you know, take that, sell your products? How do you bring that audience to your landing pages and let's say have your uh, eBooks downloaded? So we figure that out. So my second phase was realizing, Hey, uh, you know, I did everything to get the initial clients, but I don't like doing everything. Right. So there, there are certain things that I like doing. So let's focus on those. So my second set of clients was actually, you know, focusing on those strengths and also, I was in, in the back of my mind, I was uh, kind of like figuring out what are the things that I can outsource? What are the things that I can you know, hire a team member for? So that's what I would say. If you're starting out in the beginning, you know, maybe you know, the first, uh, let's say one to five clients, get anyone who wants, who's willing to pay. And obviously, you know, my situation was, my goal was, hey, I was actually coming from a, a corporate job, a high paying corporate job. I was, you know, I worked for GE and I was the, uh, recognized as top 20% talent in GE. So I was doing really well you know, in my corporate job. And I, it's another story why I decided to, you know, start my marketing business. But when I came, my first goal was, hey, I want to make 50% of my, the money that I make in my job. When I did that, that was a signal to me that, hey, I can actually do this. Right. My, then my next goal was, Hey, I want to make the same money that I make for my corporate job. Then I got to that point. And then I, my next goal was, Hey, I want to grow and grow. So my, my approach was really, you know, steps. So that's what I tell people that maybe in the beginning, do everything, you know, experiment with everything, experiment with Facebook ads, SEO, content marketing, and all different kinds of businesses. Cause you one, you'll bring some revenue in. That's going to be encouragement for you to keep doing it. And two, you'll figure out, hey, what are the things that you are really, like, what's your uh, genius, uh, zone of genius, I call it. And you, you know, people may realize, hey, I'm, I'm really good at SEO. I can do Facebook ads, but I'm really good at SEO. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm really good at Instagram marketing. So, when, but once you realize, once you have some money coming in, income coming in, and you realize that, you know, here's the thing that I'm good at, then the next from five to 10 to 15 clients, focus on that. I, I sort of found my, my niche or sort of what I'm good at when I started creating LinkedIn content. I'm like, 
I'm like, hey, actually, I'm really good at content as well. And that yeah. I, I started off with just Facebook advertising, uh, which is mm-hmm. more than I skill, but still it's quite important because content and uh, performance comes hand in hand. So yeah. I sort of found my niche uh, about, I started creating LinkedIn content, just to tell you a story, every single day for three months before we were even connections. I did LinkedIn videos every single day just to test it out, try different awesome. content. And, and now I'm, uh, I'm more on the quality side. Uh, one more question that I have to you, this is more also like a person uh, on a business standpoint. Um, I have two types of clients. Um, yeah. One type of client uh, is running a business, maybe even a traditional business, uh, but they don't uh, sort of, they, they are just starting out in social media, which is, I get mm-hmm. that a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. But the second type of client, which I am focusing more on getting, is a client that, has social media, even has run ads, but they, they are, their ambition is to improve. Uh, mm-hmm. And the reason why sometimes I don't work with the first type of client is because half of my effort and time is spent on persuasion. Yeah. Spent on telling them that, hey, you should increase your Facebook budget. Uh, I don't have to spend time to explain conversion, like to, to explain why it doesn't work, like the second type of client will understand, oh, it takes brand building, it takes all this, but we just need someone better at creating content and, and, and that's an ideal, that's a great client to work with. But what, yes. what's your experience on that? I agree with you 200%. So here's a, you know, that's a, like a lesson that I learned too in the beginning. Yeah. And I call it this, the second type that you mentioned, I call them like educated clients. Yeah. So we need as, as service providers, the good clients for us are, and nothing against the type one, they're just a different stage, right? Yeah. We need people who need, let's say, social media, plus they have the budget for it, plus they know that social media works, they just don't have the time or resources to do it themselves. Yeah. Right? The first type is people who have the business but they don't, they're not sure how, like what social media is, what Instagram marketing is. So you're going to spend so yeah. much time educating them on. I, in Asia, I, I'll tell you my experience. They were like, show me social media works. Uh, and I, I get, I get very sick of that to be honest. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like spending a lot of effort trying to persuade that. So yeah, that's what I would say that that's not even your, that's not your client. Yeah. You'll be like, Hey, what you're asking me, is to that's an educational question and that's fine yeah. you need to learn that for you but we're not you know go take this course go take you know we here's a couple of resources maybe make a list of resources and say here's the resources that will really help you you know why social media can be good for your business but once you realize that hey social media is something that we can't ignore it's really dangerous for businesses to completely ignore social media um, then come to me and I have the process or, you know, systems in place to help you with social media. Amazing, amazing mm-hmm. stuff. Um, my um, next question would be, um, you, you have built an online audience and you mentioned that you have a lot of online courses. Uh, tell yes. us more about that. Yeah, so running an agency is actually just one of my, or one piece of my business. But the other pieces I teach online, so I create a lot of uh, online courses on marketplaces like Udemy. I used to be on Skillshare, but I got banned from it because I was growth hacking. <laughs> um, but my courses are on also other places yeah. too. Um, mostly courses are on um, 
business and marketing. Some are on growth hacking. And it really like feeds into, you know, it's actually what we were talking about just before this question. Um, a lot of people would go take my course. Some will do it. Some will figure out like how to run Facebook ads. They'll, you know, they, they learn from my course and do it. But some will realize, hey, it's actually really tough. Right. So it's you need an expert to do this. So they'll come back to me and they'd be like, hey, do you do this? How much can we pay you to have you do this for our business? Right. So what happened now, they, they paid, they took my course and now they're more educated. They know exactly how I work, what my process is. And they realize, hey, if we, we can do it, but that's a lot of time and effort on our part. If we're trying to figure it out, uh, figure it out. The, the better ROI is let's just go hire someone who can do this for us. Great stuff. So Great stuff. Yeah. It kind of feeds into even though, and I have some other uh, businesses too, but the, my courses, they feed into my you know, service businesses and back and forth. Sometimes I do run, have clients and they're like, hey, we want to run uh, influencer marketing. Or recently I had a client who was like, hey, we want to experiment with Google Ads. And, you know, can you teach us about Google Ads? And I'll, I told them, hey, I don't have, you know, a, a course on it, but here's, here's a course, which is two hours. If you take that course, you'll be, you'll know a lot more about Google AdWords. And you may not run your own Google Ads, but it will help you pick the right person. Yeah, great stuff. So I think, yeah. How, how is it that, uh, like, I realize that a lot of your business uh, is focused on, a personal brand and my, my next question is how, how did you build your personal brand I see like online teaching I see a lot of content on LinkedIn like what's your strategy when it comes to building your personal brand and how, how has it helped you to grow your business yeah and uh, you know personal branding I feel in you know, the, the, the time we live in it's super super important I the first when I advise startups uh, when I work with them one of the things I tell, um, uh, you know, business owner or the startup founder is start working on your personal brand. Cause it's kind of like, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of noise out there. If we know the face of a person, if we have connected with them, it's so much easier for us to, you know, do business with that person. Right. If we yeah. know who the, who the person is behind this logo. So personal branding is super, super, you know, uh, important. And, the other thing is, so once you're beyond the point of, hey, personal branding is important, the next question is, how do you do it, right? Uh, if you look at any big, you know, players, uh, you know, I pick anyone, Tony Robbins, Seth Godin, Gary Vee, Tyler, like anyone who's sort of well-known, a lot of times we don't know them. We only know them through their content. Yeah. So what that tells us is if you want to build a personal brand, you have to create content, Right. Now, when it comes, so that's the second. First, you get clear on, hey, we should work on the personal brand. Second, if you want to build a personal brand, you need to create content. Third, like what type of content? So now you got to kind of step back and think, hey, am I good at video? Or am I good at, you know, written content? Am I good at like pretty pictures or, you know, Instagram stories? You know, find out like what you're good at. And my, the, to answer your question, I did realize the personal branding is important a while ago. Uh, actually, you know, stepping back, I neglected that when I built my, my business service-based business, the first couple of years, I was just after clients. 
I was after, let's get more clients, let's build a team, let's make more money. That was the whole sort of system of my business. But then recently, late 2017, and actually the, the shift came in my mind when I saw the shift on uh, LinkedIn, how people were creating videos and building their personal brand. That kind of changed everything for me. And that was a, a trigger for me to take my personal brand seriously. Yeah. So what I started doing is I stepped back and I'm like, hey, what kind of, if I want to build a personal brand, I have to create content. Now, the next question is what kind of content I am good at, or I'm like, you know, that's good for me. And I've done everything. I've, I've written blog posts. I've, I've watched videos. I've launched like, you know, mini video series. But when it came down to the, the strategy that works for me is since I have a lot of students, they ask a lot of questions. I'm approaching over 100,000, actually I've crossed 100,000 students across different platforms. So from that many students, I get a lot of questions, right? So what I do is I answer those questions. I also turn it into my social media content. So now if you look on my LinkedIn feed and also on my Instagram feed, it's actually a question from one of my students turned into a you know, social media content. Yeah. So I, that's the sort of like engine behind like my personal brand. But you're right. It's, I, uh, I was on an Instagram business panel yesterday. I've been on a different podcast. And a lot of this is actually all of this is happening because I'm producing content and building my personal brand. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, it's uh, amazing. Uh, it's a best time to create personal brand with uh, channels like LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, yeah. One of the things uh, as a marketer I find is finite, uh, is time. <laughs> because when you create content, uh, for example, I, I create content for myself, I mm -hmm. edit videos, and then I do it for my clients as well. I do their Instagram posts, uh, I do yeah, Facebook. So how, what is the, I don't want to say hack, but what is the time management tip that you can give to like expiring my marketers or anyone on LinkedIn? So, Couple of tips, a couple of things come to mind because yeah, I can relate. Um, you know, time is always. Uh, um, yeah, like I would love to write articles. <laughs> yes, I would. Like, the reason why I love videos is because it's the most yeah. less time-consuming form of content. When it yes, comes to yeah. written, it takes a, a lot of time. So yeah. I would Me, love to write more. Just time is the. the yeah. So the, what I like to do, the couple of things, tactics, or hacks that come to mind. One is. I, and I think we, we touched on this a little bit, do what's easy for you. Yeah. Like if it's easy for you to just, cause you, you've seen a lot of people on, uh, even on LinkedIn, they just have their phones up and they, it's a selfie video, right? And their content does really good. There are yeah. people who have just, you know, written content and it does good. Um, it, it's kind of, you know, everything works. You just have to figure out what works for you. So first hack is kind of step, don't try to mimic other people. Don't try to copy other people. Look inside and see what's easy for you to do. The goal is to create content that helps your target audience, educates them or entertains them so they know, like, and trust you. So you have a, you build a personal brand. That's the goal. The goal is not to make just, you know, awesome videos, but to achieve that goals, if video is easy for you, then do video. If writing content is easy for you, then write content, right? Um, that's like first thing, you know, look inward and see, produce content, especially yeah. in the beginning, that's easy for you to produce. The second thing is batching, right? So set aside, you know, I used to, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, uh, but back in 2017, I was really, I was taking, or I was active on Quora a lot. 
Oh. So, yes. Um, uh, so I had like three hours every Saturday set aside, scheduled, and I would go on Quora and answer questions. And then those question and answer will become my LinkedIn content the following week. So that was my sort of like content process. But what the, the, the tactic that helped me save time was the batching. So first tactic or hack is do what's easy. The second is actually schedule time and batch it. And third, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, it's probably going to sound weird, but consume less. Yes. So here's, you know, the thing is, you know, you can watch this video and another video and another video, and you're always in like the consumption mode. What I'll tell people is look back, um, you know, let's say two weeks or like a week of your life. If you spend more time consuming content and less than producing content, you are going to fail. So you want to flip it. And one of the things that I like to do is, uh, and obviously, you know, none of us are perfect. Sometimes, you know, us as marketers, we're really good at creating clickbait headlines, right? So we want to click on those things. When there's a headline that promises us, hey, here's, the, here's the, the Facebook ad secret that made me make, uh, or that helped me make like a $1.3 million in 30 days. We want to click on it and we want to know the tactic, right? Um, but one of the things that I like to do is I save everything and I have a time set aside for consumption. So during my week, let's say if I, if I saw a blog post or video, video and I feel like I want to consume it, I want to learn from it, I'll save it. And then later in the week, I'll go back to all these saved articles and two things will happen. Number one is I look at it with like a fresh perspective or fresh like mind and I'll be like, hey, I thought this was appealing to me, but not anymore. So I'm, I'm just going to skip. And then the, you know, it, it kind of helps me reduce the, the content consumption. And I call it, I'm not necessarily reducing the content consumption. I'm managing it. Great stuff. Great right. Stuff. So, you know, to answer kind of long rant, I guess, but to answer your question, the one tactic is really look inside and figure out what's the, the content that you can create easily. The second tactic or hack is batch it. Schedule time on your calendar when you want to write blog posts, produce videos, maybe, you know, write Instagram caption. And third uh, tactic is consume content. Yeah, it's really hard to not consume, right? Because we always want to, our brain is like, you know, formal, right? We want to learn new things. Um, but see if you can manage content consumption. And one tactic that I use is save everything and then look back at it and be like, hey, do I really need to learn about uh, Instagram story hacks right now? Yeah. Uh, and the answer may be, hey, I don't need it right now. I can always like, you know, if I need to learn something new or there's a client project that's coming up and I need to up my game on uh, Instagram stories, then I'll go, I'll come back to this article. Great stuff. Great stuff. I personally am uh, uh, at fault for this because I, I personally consume a lot of content because my brain is like a sponge and I, I love learning from people like you on LinkedIn. I love learning from articles and podcasts. Mm -hmm. And so many things I want to consume. So maybe I'll, I'll start like bookmarking. And, uh, yeah, likewise. And, uh, you know, the, the, like I said, it, it's, it is a challenge. And once I realized, so the first step is always like realization and self-awareness. Once I realized, hey, me reading all these cool tactics, consuming all this information is actually not helping. Right? Then the next step was, okay, so what can I do about this? Right? How can I stop my mind to 
to like go into like formal mode. So then this, you know, kind of, Hey, let me save this. This looks really cool, but let me save this and finish my, you know, the tasks that I'm doing and I'll come back to it. Cool. Amazing. Uh, great stuff. Okay. We go to our last question, uh, which is, uh, do you, um, we talk about learning and consuming content. So to my audience, um, do you look up to any industry leaders uh, and do you consume any marketing content, any podcast that you listen to or any, anywhere that you, you consume content? Yes, I do. I have in my, I use Feedly as a kind of like a platform or a tool to, to get the inbound or all the feeds of content. And I have like all the blog posts that I like, the social media examiners, TechCrunch, mm-hmm. social uh, I have like a lot of feeds coming into my Feedly, but I try not to look at that every single day. So I'll, I have a scheduled time on the weekend, actually, when I go to my Feedly and just I read the headlines. And if something uh, uh, you know, is appealing, and also if there's something that I actually need right now, let's say I'm working on a, a Facebook um, video ads project, right, for client, or it's coming up. And then I found an article about, hey, how do you, build an engaging audience with video and then use it as a retargeting audience. And maybe I want to learn more about that. So then I'll go read that article. So that's sort of my, I, I pay attention to um, you know, social media examiners, TechCrunch, a lot of like other you know, news too. But I try to do it in a way that everything goes to my Feedly. Then I have the, the control or in, uh, in my hand, uh, the time on the weekend to go and look at everything and then read in detail the things that I want. Great stuff. Um, amazing. Uh, I, I personally consume a lot of content. I should start like uh, scheduling time um, yeah. to consume the content. So, uh, hey, Ali, uh, nice, uh, great time talking to you. Uh, I hope uh, we connect more on LinkedIn. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I think it's a, been a great conversation. If, People have any, I'm sure you're going to post this on a lot of different channels. So yeah. people you're watching, if you have any questions for me or Bob, just leave them in the, in the comments below and we'll happy to, you know, um, engage with you and help you out. Cool. Cool. Thank, thanks, Ali.